wanna be a rich bitch. Penthouse store man, money, 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 rich bitch. Hey, give me that bag, rich bitch. You're so rich. So much for that. Do not disturb. I have it on. I don't know why it's not working. <laughs> it's because you got a brand deal, and you're like, answer it. Like, answer the brand deal. Answer the brand deal. No, my, uh, not to start it off like this, but and it sounds so freaking silly business. But how do you know when it's real? When you have a when you have an offer on Instagram, and they're like, okay, we want you to put this shirt, buy this shirt. We'll give you this shirt, and then we'll give you a code, and someone will buy it, and then you'll get money, or I mean, we'll offer you. This I think much money. I think this is solvable by Google, perhaps. Like, look yeah, up the company, really. see how legit they are, see if see who else has done brand deals with them, right? And I guess go from there. But like, anytime someone's like, "Oh, here, buy this thing," and like whatever, I'm like, "Yeah, no, I find that sorry, to be don't. big red flags. Not doing it. Clifford the big red dog flag. Clifford the big red dog flag. I wouldn't do it if they're like if they offer yeah. you any kind of discount or spending. You yeah, have to spend wanna... money to do it. Then no. It's it kind of reminds me when I was first starting out as an actor, and like the first thing you should never do is ever work with an agent who's like, "Pay me." Right. And, then, and that's so dumb. Don't do that. So dumb. Well, and I know so many people, even like well into my adulthood, who were doing that. Really? Like, there was a guy I worked with who had an opera agent who he had to pay a monthly retainer. And no, I was like, that's no, illegal. that's not how that works at no. all. Like, for any union of no. any kind. Uh, no. Even if he's not in a union, that's just not. That's it's not just an not agent. ethical. Do you pay your. Question: When you're when you're looking for a new job, per, perhaps not to you know look around the room. I don't know where I'm. Looking, <laughs> but if someone's looking for a new job and you have like a headhunter person, they get a percentage of what they get you. Correct? You're not paying them. Not right? no. Okay, so the way that 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 works is like the recruiter relationship. Yeah. So Tell basically, the company pays them. Okay. A rate for recruiting, and right. then if that person gets hired on full time, they get a bon- a bonus. Oh, great! But yeah. you're not. Like I say, no, your your pay is not penalized. That's what I mean. So as far as I know, right. So my point is, is like, why are why are we like every agent? And this is for anyone who's going to be in the creative field. Anytime you have like an agent person like repping you, no, do not pay them unless like you don't pay them. I find I would be yeah, I would be ten percent actually. It's the managers is twenty twenty. Yeah, and there's there's like one other circumstances where twenty is okay. Print print is a little different yeah 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 but i just like i can i cannot believe that in the year of our lady gaga yeah that like people are still trying are like being bamboozled by others who are like pay me and i'll be your yeah, agent like how is that still happening i'm i so don't have my finger on that pulse um it's definitely still happening because i can see i'll still get this i mean i feel like maybe it's like out of touch but like i still get emails that i'm like this is obviously spam who would fall for this and then I'll meet someone who said I did th- I did that thing, and I'm like, oh damn! Wow, you're you're a dumbass. Yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like I know someone who literally got the hey, you booked this photo shoot, like Model Mayhem shit. You booked this oh, photo no. shoot, and Not model we're gonna mayhem. send you you. We're gonna I forget what they say. They we're gonna send you a check for this much, but then you take out this much, oh and my like God, they did it. No, and yep, and. uh that's where they're at, and that's totally a scam. That's and don't totally do it, children. Scam. I'm turning up our volume because we're a little lower than normal. Are we? Okay. I'm just making sure. We were so much louder. Should we okay. just talk well, I mean, louder? maybe we should just... Okay, no, let's not do that. <laughs> no, let's not do that. <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, good. Well, at least I'm getting a little yellow. Cool. We're I'm getting right. a little yellow. That's great. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. You're, you're, you're good. You're good. But yeah, um, it's been a minute, huh? 
It's been a minute. It's been a it's been a hot second. In a minute, I'm gonna need a sentimental Sarah Seeds to update me. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, you have been doing all the things. You've I been really all over the country. I don't know where to start. Let's start with your with your jet setting. Oh man, because I think jet. the last time we were sitting in a room with microphones in our face, you were just about to jet set. Were we? I don't know. Was the last one we did in Nashville, or was it when I had come back and I was in Chicago? Did we it do might have been Chicago. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, guys. I mean, booked and blessed, baby. Um, it was actually really, it was really draining, but it was great. Uh, it was good to travel, good to like do some fun, fun work. And uh, I'm glad to be in New York though. Um, but honestly, after, after jet setting a bunch and then going on a dope vacation to the Smoky Mountains and going to Dollywood, that was honestly... Oh, I've never was, been to Dollywood. I want to go. Dollywood is, Dollywood is so amazing. It because Dolly Parton is so amazing. True, which we know. Um, like, I'm trying to compare it. It's like okay, if you go to Disney World and you go to Frontierland, it's just Frontierland, but it's amazing. It's like Dollywood Frontierland. You know, it's like dollied. You know, it's, it's been it's dollied. Real. You've it's been real dollied. <laughs> yeah, it's real southern. Uh, there's chicken capes. No, there's not. But there's there's bald eagles. And there's all this crazy stuff going down. And there's cinnamon bread that they make at the mill. Oh, my God. That sounds and amazing. I love cinnamon bread. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's vegetarian. That cinnamon bread fucks. Yeah. You ever tried that cinnamon bread? It fucks. It fucks. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah, when you when you eat that cinnamon bread, that's when you become a man. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> or you become a woman. Because right. it's Dolly. Because it's Dolly. Yeah, I ate that cinnamon bread. I was like, like some, yeah. some people have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. Yeah. Other people have Dollywood cinnamon <laughs> bread. <laughs> at the steel mill. It's at the. St- it's literally called, come on down to steel mill, get yourself some Dolly's. Uh, Dolly's cinnamon famous bread. cinnamon bread. Yeehaw. Um, yeehaw. Um, love her. Love everything she stands for. She loves, ev- yeah, she's amazing. She's the best, yeah. She's one of those people that's like <clears throat> openly very... Uh, I'm Christian, quote unquote, but then she actually acts like she is. Like right. she actually actually like acts like what Jesus would want. Right. It's not just a label. It's not just like a, something she is. She she puts her money where her mouth is and all that other stuff. She is killing it. Yeah. No, I saw a video of her uh, recently. I follow her on Instagram, of course, and um, she was doing an interview, and they're like, blah, blah, and she's like, I look like a damn drag queen every day in my life. I was like, <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> like, I want to be you. Like, Oh, my God, she's I... such a legend. She's absolutely a legend, and she sings about things that are meaningful, and she's so smart and such a savvy businesswoman, and to be the child of, like, what, nine or something and live in a one-bedroom house and... What she's she been, was the hill people. She was literally the hills have eyes, but she has you know, tatas. <laughs> well, but I mean, like it's. I think I remember seeing an interview with her too, where she was talking about how like there was the outhouse and there was like yep. no real running water and there was like oh yeah, a there's lake none of that. Or, I mean, I I don't know. I I didn't live her life, so I can't speak. Well, to her, I can like, say because I walked through her childhood home. It's in Dollywood, a replica of it. Oh really? It's so iconic. Oh wow! You walk through her childhood home and you're like, wow. What in the world? Yeah, it's it's incredible what wow. she's done. I mean, her story is, is incredible. Yeah. I just remember that my favorite thing about her is the way that she got, the, like, the look that she developed was because of this woman in her town that her, when she was a little girl, she thought was so pretty and everyone called her trash. Ooh. They're like, oh, she's trash. And she just remember thinking, like, well, I want to grow up and be trash. <laughs> I don't know, like that. And so that's where like the boobs and the hair and the makeup yeah. and all that comes from. It's from the w- girl who was like the town trash. Like what's and, so crazy yeah, is, is all the work she's had done, which she o- is open about, which I truly love. But then you look at like someone 
like Madonna, who did something really <laughs> weird that went too far. And went you're too like, far. And God, Madonna is my favorite person, so that really hurts me. Yeah, and it's like I'm like, what? But also, like that to that me, that filler was so intense. To me, that's like a testament that like you don't have people around you who care enough about yes. you to say tell you no. Please don't. Like I recently, that, like, looks sickening. Stuff. I recently had a friend confide in me that they wanted to have a neck lift, and they are. What does that even mean? They are my age, and I was like. I was like, you're going to end up looking like Goldie Hawn or Mickey Rourke or some shit. Like, <laughs> Mickey Rourke. Like, just stop. Sorry, Mickey. Sorry, Mickey. Sorry, but Mickey, just but stop. But like, oh, I mean, I, I understand body dysmorphia better than anybody. Like, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, like, my neck is in my lap and, like, I have wow. tilts to the floor. So, like. Do you feel that way, Cleo? Sorry, we have a <laughs> Cleo. resident. We have a resident. Um, resident cat. podcast pussy. Cleo. Yeah, resident <laughs> podcast Kiki Kaka. Uh, you know, little puss puss. It's Cleo. It's Cleo. Give give the people what they want. Show the people what you want. But yeah, but like, I don't know if I would ever go that far. Yeah. And if I did, I would, I would like to think that I had friends close enough to me to be like, listen. What is that? First off. And second off. Right. Can you not? Can you not? Just don't. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, that gets into, okay. We're going to go back to Dollywood. Well, let me just stay on this track, but there's something that's in the vein of what we're talking about here. And it's about the whale. (gasps) <gasps> oh my god okay okay, okay. and all okay. the tri- all the trigger that oh, i had all of the that triggers that we had when we saw that <laughs> more well, updates well, coming we'll, soon we'll have, we'll okay. have, as soon we'll as get... i get past my little uh, mountain time then we'll talk about our excursion to the inwood film festival shout out to aaron who curates little things so awesome been on his podcast he needs to be on ours hello uptown boo boo uh um good times but anyway um yeah dollywood was a really great time but here's what also really just got me the roller coasters were exquisite and they were freaky. They were huge. They were oh, wow. high octane. The first one we went on was like zero to, to 75 in like three seconds. See, I don't think of Dollywood and think crazy roller Me coasters. Me neither did I, but I thank To God. be honest, I didn't even know that they had them. They had more than. I'm not really sure what I thought Dollywood was sure. because I've never been there. Yes. But like, this is interesting to hear. Yeah. Cause I'm a, I'm a roller coaster junkie. Like I, was I was when I was a kid. I I am for the rest of my life. My dad ruined me because I was four and I was probably two foot two, you know. <laughs> and we get on this roller coaster and it's the super duper looper at her. Oh my park. god! I grew up right by yeah, there. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, you know I exactly. We went every year. Love that Hershey Park yeah. with the chocolatey goodness. The Super Duper Looper and Super the Sidewinder and the Comet. The yes, Comet was my first roller coaster. Yeah. Oh, the Comet is The good. Comet was my first roller coaster. My dad took us on. My mom was like, no. And we were like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember going down the hill and like coming up out of my seat and being so afraid that I was going to fall. And it didn't, like I didn't. So it was kind of like, cool, let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. But now as an adult, because I'm a big person, I'm like, no, I'm not going on this ride. I'm going to get tumbled. Scarlet's (laughs) Scarlet's going to take a tumble out of this roller coaster. Well, that's something. Okay. Well, I have have a word on that too. Um, But yeah, no, these roller coasters were slamming. I mean, like there's one where you're, it's an eagle and either side or three, three seats and you're hanging. And it's like an eagle's like doing it on a roller coaster. Oh, cool. Wild. And the drop is insane. Your your heart is in your throat. I mean, it's like wild shit. That sounds and like fun. So my dad, when I was little, we went on the Super Duper Looper. I was definitely not tall enough. And the guy said, sir, I don't think he's my dad's like, it's fine. I'll hold her down. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and so he, yeah, he had his arm on me and the thing was down and it was the ride of my life. He goes, open your eyes. When we went on, he wanted me to have my eyes open when we went upside down because that was how you know 
Like you're going to love oh, this. Oh, I love that. I love that you have history with Pennsylvania as a Yeah, child. I do. I have so much history with PA. That's where my grandmother is, was in Pittsburgh. So we would go oh, there okay. all the time. Kennywood. Kennywood for sure. Oh my God. We yeah. only went once as kids, but like the Thunderbolt, there's, that yes. big drop. Ugh. Oh, there's another Idlewild Park. Oh, I don't know that. That one. one's really cute. And storybook forces all Mr. Rogers characters and super cute. Oh, funny. Well, okay. there was also there's also Dorney Park and there's okay. also Knobles. Okay, Dorney Park is another one. Dorney Park and there's another one um, where it's like Cedar Point, which are where like the roller coasters be. Right. Well, right? Cedar, where, Cedar Point is Ohio. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying like these yeah. are like the Dorney Park you think Dorney of Dorney Park is pretty wild. That's what I mean. Um, Cedar Point had we had okay. So when we were kids, we had like the roller coaster tycoon game oh and, yes and we talked about that while we were there right but then there was also like the there was like a 3d tv video vhs thing that you could like wear these glasses and sit in front of your tv and it felt like you were on the roller coaster Ugh. and a lot of the ones that they did were sandusky ohio and <clears throat> because of that video and because of that game yeah i had the books there was one called the beast and there was a book, Beast 1 and Beast 2, and I read both of Beast. them. And it was about the roller coaster. It was Beast. crazy. Um, but I never <laughs> went. I never went. I I briefly had a, a an encounter slash dating situation thing with, with a, roller coaster? a boy who was from Sandusky, and he worked at Cedar Point a lot. Mm. But I met him when he was in college. Have you seen that video of that woman who's sexually attracted to roller coasters? And yes, and she's like married to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, and she like lays on it. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not trying to drag her in. No, no, no. But I'm just saying it exists. that came up yeah. when you said that. I understand it. It's like yeah. a big, strong, hard thing. Sure. Let me have it. Let me have it. <laughs> hold me. Hold me. Give hold me that super duper looper. <laughs> um, oh, God. No, I don't want to mix all those memories together. But yeah, no, you, I know what you're saying, though. There's like these like big like top tier roller coaster things. I've been to most of them. What blew my mind is this compares highly. This is like in the That's top crazy. tier of roller coaster parks I've ever been to. And I've been to so many. And I and I sat here and was like, Dolly, did you done snatch my wig, girl? I walked <laughs> in, she's like, pray to Jesus, bitch. And then pull my pull my wig off. For real. Like she oh snatched God, me. And then there was another ride that was like a, a mine cart little ride. And then there was like everything was just so curated and so beautiful and well maintained. And you walked in and it was just like beautiful rainbow umbrellas and like just Dolly oh, you showed me living that picture. and like it looks so her nice. music's blasting, but other people too. It's not just about her, which I love about her, but she's still it, every but so it often. should just it be should about be. her. Like she's, but she's one of those people, but where we were staying in the, in the Smoky mountains, um, was this beautiful cabin with this like panoramic view of the Smoky mountain. Um, I love national parks that they're never going to be touched because it's just like, they're so beautiful Thank you, Teddy Roosevelt, for all that shit. He's the one who. He's <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, yeah, he's the one who literally. That's why we have national parks. Is he? Yeah. He did all that shit. Um, and I'm so I'm so on board. I love hiking. I love being in that energy. I love knowing that like I'm walking on this path. My phone does not work, and it's just us and people hiking, but animals. And it's quiet, and you can't hear anything but nature breathing. You know, and it's such a magical. It's a. It's just a beautiful feeling. I love that. I needed it after jet setting all over the place. And also like just being worn down by like, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I like literally finished everything that I needed to do. So I had time to just be and just while I was away. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except for the national board meeting about certain things. And then yeah, yeah we'll get but, to that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really, it was really awesome. And we saw six bears guys. First off, black bears are adorable. They're adorable. All they want is honey. 
All they want is candy and cookies and mm-hmm. sweets. All they do. And they eat grass and they eat sweets and cookies. They want nothing to do with people. They don't want to bite us. They don't want to hurt us. They're just silly, silly honey bears out there. And I sent you the video, but there's like, we were coming down from the cabin, driving down, and just six of them, cross the road, six bears, just casually. We were just like, what the hell? And it's just these cute black bears just Aww. walking across the road, so adorable. I love a bear. When I was a cute. kid, I wanted, when I was a bear, I wanted, when I was a bear, <laughs> <laughs> LOL, Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted either a bear cub or a lion cub as a pet. Yeah. That's, yeah. I was that kid. I wanted a tiger, yeah. Yeah. I just want like, and now I see like these chow dogs, like the mini chows, and I'm like, <laughs> I want one because it looks like a bear and a lion. Yeah, it's like it's the a bear best lion. of both world, There's worlds. There's some dumb town that literally thought there was a lion uh, loose and it was a damn chow. Oh no. <laughs> some some stupid town somewhere in Maryland when, when I was living, growing up there, like out in Carroll County, Maryland. There's more cows than people. And, um, yeah, there was a, a random chow that got loose, and people literally thought a, a lion was loose. And people were like, oh, no. oh, my God, oh, my God. It's just like. It's a dog. <laughs> the damn dog just running around. It's <laughs> trying to be a dog. It's, what have we come to? What are we doing? Anyway, so the Smoky Mountains were beautiful. Um, I'll show you some pictures, but the just the the beautiful. This thing about a hike, where which has a trajectory where you're like, you start somewhere you go through different like areas. Like there's the water and the in the bridges, and then the trees and then there's a flat plateau and there's a rocky jagged like staircases that are thing and my dad who's by the way three years from 70 made the whole way that's such a rock star such move. a baddie yeah and then we got to the top and it was just a view of like all the mountains it's like you're lost it's like fern gully man it's like you're deep in it and you can't even fern gully i know such a good movie, a good movie. right right cleo i know right she's really paying attention she really is actually um <clears throat> anyway it was just a brilliant time and i highly recommend like also, you know how they say, like, you go to places that are in the middle of nowhere, and it's honestly with the laws that are restrictive on women in these states, and you know how it is. There was a lot of really great, great people there, and I was I was happy to see that a lot of people... It's not... Sure, there's stereotypical shit. There's New York. Look, look around. But um, there's a lot of really wonderful people that don't stand for a lot of that, and that are really, really intelligent and really fun to talk to you. And we met a lot of those and we did this really cool thing called Astra Lumina, which is art installations, light art installations in the woods. Oh my God. You showed me those pictures. Uh Those are so wild. Yeah. It's from this. It's like, um, it's on this Anakista thing where you take, um, which by the way, everyone could have died on this. I don't know why It, it reminds me of how like, um, our train system here is just a platform and there's the train. And if you're an idiot, go, you know what I mean? There's really no, yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing about these lifts. Like, it's like a ski lift, but you literally sit down like, okay, pull the bar down. And you're like, what if I never do? And just like, woo, like people could not. Like you're just going on blind It's wild. Yeah. Um, So me, Mike, uh, and my brother Matthew were just like on this ski thing and it takes you up up to the mountain. As soon as you land, there's like, there were two girls performing some song and dressed as fairies and like shops and on top of a mountain. And then there's like restaurants and a bar and like a... You know, it was oh wild. Oh my god, I want to go. I know, it was really fun, and you just mountains around you, just mountains as far as the eye can see. But at this res- at this Anakista event, a thingy, there were uh, there was a mountain coaster. I don't know if you ever heard of a mountain coaster. Oh yes, they like you like lay down on it. Yeah, you like sometimes you lay, sometimes you sit, but it's usually you on one thing, and you just go yeah. through a mountain on a coaster track, and it's it's surreal because you're going on this like I have video footage of me on one of them that I want to post on social media. It's so insane. Uh, but you're just like going through a coaster through 
trees and just a mountain by yourself, just you in the, in the mountains. And you're like, this is so wild. Like, and so unregulated. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know about this, baby. Right. Um, like there's some kind of code being broken here. But you were talking about the weight thing. Yeah. For the, uh, when you were like, I won't get on a coaster. I'm like, okay. But yeah, maybe these mountain coasters because they literally right. weighed me and they were like, yeah, you're good. But they weighed like another person behind me and they weren't that much bigger. They weren't big. And they were like, no, because they're like so. Right. You know? Like you, they don't want you to topple off you the to edge die. of the mountain. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's some some more in that. But I think these big coasters, boo boo, you'd be fine. I don't think you'd be. Yeah. No, um, sure. But uh, and then uh, lastly, it was the Astro Lumina. So when the sun sets, if you get special side tickets, you go through this beautiful through the mountain pathway. And it's all lights and things about the universe and that disco ball thing that you showed me was crazy. And lasers and things, and I'm like, here we are in Appalachia. And here we're we talking are. Talking about science, science, <laughs> and, the, and the culmination of life and how what that. I was like, you know what? Cool work. Like, you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, Dol- Dolly Parton and this can get it. Now there were other things where I was like, yeesh, but you know, I just avoided that. Right. right like Margaritaville. Right. Oh God. Oh, God. Jimmy Buffett, not a fan. Just, just God love him. Don't, just don't. Like maybe he's nice, but the vibe of that whole thing, middle, middle oh like middle aged white people in Hawaiian shirts. Like I just can't get into that shit. No. Anyway, I'm sorry, but Jimmy Buffett, I'm sure you're a nice guy, but no. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not just gonna, gonna go. Be, I don't just know why you're go. why you're at Appalachia Town. I don't get. That I mean, stuff. I do appreciate. I do appreciate the. Like the rollout Fine. of yeah. like how Margaritaville was the song, and then it was the musical, and then there's a, a there's bar. a musical, yeah, Escape to Margaritaville. Wow, it wasn't very good and it I'm didn't sure run very long. Yeah, but like it was like the rollout of like mm-hmm. that into the chain restaurant thing yeah, that opened because now there's one down in Times Square yeah. and they're all over the place. Yeah, and, they're everywhere. Yeah, especially in like. Myrtle Beach, they're everywhere, and they're they're at the. Oh my God! In Disney, there's a whole resort called Margaritaville. They're in this app in in where I'm at in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. There's a giant Margaritaville resort. Oh my God! It's, it's probably wild. the same thing. I almost stayed there uh, over COVID because uh, friends were getting married, and we were trying to be like safe. You're wasting about it. away again. And then they ended up, yeah. And then they ended up not getting. Well, they did get married. <gasps> they stop. <laughs> they did get married, <gasps> just not down there. <gasps> Um, because they got, it got no canceled. No wonder you went to Margaritaville. Right. No, it got canceled at like the venue. They were doing it at Disney. Oh, cool. With like wow. the, the castle and the carriage and all the things. That's and, like 50,000. Um, oh, that, yeah. Well, the wedding that they ended up having was having was probably about 10 times that. So Damn. they made up for was it. Was that the cool mountain one that you went to? No, 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 no. Okay, um, although that one I'm pr- pretty sure was not inexpensive. No, either. it looked gorgeous. This was a, a, in, um, what is it? Ocala Castle or o- o- some castle sure. in, in Long Island. Cool. Used Long to be a military castle. school. Um, now oh. it's a castle that you can like rent out different sections of it for weddings and events and stuff. We had like the first floor, like the whole thing. Yeah. And then there was a horse and carriage and like it was it was stunning. Beautiful wedding. Had the best time. Greatest people ever. Cool. But Lordy with the price tag on that. Yeah, Lordy. Sorry with the Don't even want to know. Yeah. <laughs> The price tag with the fringe yeah, on top. <laughs> Sorry with the price tag with the fringe on top. Yeah, no, but um, yeah. So anyway, that was my like, so I needed that. And then coming back to New York, you know, it's just been go, go, go again. Um, I'm on the shortlist for another print thing, which is great. Um, booked another voiceover. Um, auditioning like crazy. Um, so even with the strike, you know, there's certain projects that are still holding on that eventually it'll come around and we'll get there. And I'm, you know, but then there's a lot of indie stuff, you know, that's not going to be as... Affected, so yeah, 
But um, solidarity, truly. Truly solidarity. Truly solidarity. Yeah. Um, but there yeah. was something I was going to connect to something, and I forgot now. I forgot now, too. Fuck. Oh, no. We were like, talking, tell them not we were talking to... about the national meeting. Yeah, but there was something about... God, I wish I... God, y'all, I hate... I suck at this. I need to write down... Right, we need to I'm take notes. <laughs> um, there's, like, something about, like, telling your friend... Oh, the whale. Okay, so let's oh, talk right, about yeah. your time, then we'll talk about our experience. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, so, oh my God, the last couple months of my life have been absolutely ridiculous and insane. Like, I've been working nonstop, um, but it has been for, like, no money because the, the work structure that I was on was commission only, which I fully agreed to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, like, there, there was a lot of blurred lines in that kind of work environment where, you know, I was... Definitely 1099, but there were definitely not 1099 things happening. And so Mm. it just got more and more frustrating to me because I wasn't making what I needed to be making at all and never had throughout the whole course of the thing. And, you know, I I certainly have opinions about that that I won't share just yet. But like, you know, it it was wild. And so finally that that has, as of today, come to an amicable end. I was not re-offered my contract, which is completely fine with me. Yeah. Um, because even, you know, and it's kind of it's kind of exciting to be like filming this and filming this, listen to me, recording this mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Because not only is today my last day with them, but I've yeah. also had an insane day of like doing job interviews and getting job interviews. Amazing. I just did one with Warner Brothers. I have I have another one. I have two no, I have three tomorrow. I have another one Friday. And I'm sure there will be more next week because I got a bunch of referrals to different recruiters and I have all this other stuff going on. And then on top of that, I've been like getting a lot of like film and television people coming into my radar again that I haven't mm-hmm. talked to in ages mm-hmm. who have been really, really helpful with like information and contacts and whatnot for the adaptation of my book for pilot. Yeah. Um, which has just been so validating and so nice because it's what I want for it. And I want it right. so bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but like everything in my creative life feels like it's going exactly the way that I want it to. Mm. But then everything in my work life, like where I actually make money right now is a dumpster fire. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what do I do? It, yeah. it is. Cause I've never had that. It's always been the other way around. It's oh. always been like the creative thing felt like the uphill climb mm-hmm. and the work thing was easy. Right. And I'm not sure exactly, I can't put my finger on it, but I know that there was a, a shift somewhere yeah. where all of that just started to happen. And it, it's like, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> this is uncharted territory. Right. Um, but it's been really good. And, you know, on top of that, like with the ending of this current job situation, I roll um, <laughs> tomorrow. As you can't see. <laughs> the I eyes roll. are rolling. Uh, tomorrow is my New York City 18 year anniversary. Oh my god! Which is insane. That's wild. 18 years ago tomorrow. You were born. My little baby self. <laughs> You'd be like an 18 year old if you were born, like the day you got here. Yeah. Fuck. Um. Yeah. I mean, 18 years ago, I packed up my little bedroom in my parents' house, and I got I packed it all into my mom's minivan with my friend Christina, and we drove our asses up here to New York City on 108th Street in East Harlem, and the guy that I volunteered to help me unpack the car from gay.com was standing right outside the door. Gay.com. 
and uh, he helped Throwback. me move all my shit in uh, with my lime, my the lime green chartreuse colored reupholstered couch that I got for eighty dollars. Is that what? Is that the one that you still? No, I, I it's long you love gone. Li- you love? Green I love green. Couches. I know. Yeah. It was like this chartreusey green. We bought the couch. We took it apart. We reupholstered it. A mm-hmm. friend of mine from high school helped me do it with a staple gun. And threw it in the back of my mom's minivan with like my boxes and my boxes and shit. And I painted that apartment to death. And like, it just was, it was a look. I, there's gotta be photos of around here somewhere, but it was (laughs) a look. Um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, that was 18 years ago today. And the first week that I lived here, someone broke into my apartment through the fire escape while I was in the shower. And I didn't know that it happened. I was in the shower being my gay old self, like singing Christina Aguilera with my boom box. Uh, you know, you remember boom yeah, boxes? Oh, yeah. And, Which uh, was it? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> it might have been beautiful. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I like, I got out of the shower and I dried off and I wrapped my towel around myself and I walked around the thing and went to my bedroom and it was trashed. <laughs> And the window was open, and I was like, fuck. And so I, like... Raccoon got in. I called the police, and they came, and I'm standing in my apartment in a towel, like, with the cops there. And I was like... And you're like, I dated one of them. No, I wish. Um, <laughs> he fucked me right there. Um, he didn't. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I should get dressed, but that's a crime scene, so I shouldn't touch it. So I was just like, I'm in a towel. Yeah, like, I don't Sorry. know what to do. My shirt is a crime scene. My clothes are crimes. It's crimes. And they, the only thing that they got was my class ring because I didn't own anything because I was 18. Like, I didn't yeah, own anything. Stupid. Um, but that apartment, I loved that apartment. <laughs> but fast, fast forward to COVID. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> my friend Dan's wife bought something off of uh, Facebook Marketplace. And it was in East Harlem. So she asked me to go along because he wasn't around. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that was my first neighborhood. I lived in that neighborhood for like five years. I was like, sure, I'll go. Yeah. So she told me to meet her at this like one particular place. And she gave me the address. And I was like, this address feels oddly familiar. And so I went there and I was like, oh, fuck, this is my old building. And she wow. didn't she didn't give me an apartment number or anything. And so we go into this building. She's picking up a flat screen from this woman who got laid off from her job. So she was moving out of the city. And we get there and we get to the third floor and she knocks on the door. I was like, I used to live in this apartment. And so I got to see it like 15 years wow. later. It was, and then you robbed it. It was wild. <laughs> and you know what's really funny too is that like me as an adult human now. Yeah. Walking into this apartment, it was so much smaller than I remember it. Wow. I remember it being like this. (laughs) I literally doubled in size. Um, I remember it being this like spacious one bedroom apartment. And I walked in there and it was like, "Um, I can't move in the living room. Oh my God. (coughs) Yeah, it was wild. It was so weird. It's so crazy. Yeah. But, um, oh my God. And I now have lived in New York. As long as I grew up in Pennsylvania. I hit that. Um, Weird. So I, I've, my life is a, just, just a while. My life has been a trio of times. It's been Maryland. Damn. There's been Maryland. Uh, Tennessee for about six months. So we don't count her. Uh, and Virginia. And then New York. And I've now been in New York longer than all those other places. Yeah. And it's kind of cool when you feel that way. When you're just like, oh, yeah, I found my home. Like, I found... I mean, I could leave any minute because no, of course. Shit, but I love it here. No, me too. Well, and the other thing too that really fucks me up 
And I think I only made this realization last year. And I'm sure I've probably said this to you before. Yeah. But I am now much closer to the age that my parents were when I moved here than I am to the age that I was when I moved here. Oh, God. And it's like, oh, no. My parents were 46 and 47. Wow. And I was 18. And now I am 36. <laughs> Listen. That is 10 years away, bitch. Like, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I don't well, like I'm any 10, of that. So I don't know what any of that is. But, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah so, no, so it's my it's my 18-year anniversary. It's like the Cleopatra thing. She's closer to us iPhones. than the pyramids. Right, I remember. Yeah, because the pyramids are so thought. fucking ancient yeah. that she's actually closer to us in timeline than... Yeah, so that is my own personal Cleopatra moment. That's your Cleopatra moment. Oh, that's my Cleopatra. Yes. Yeah. But um but yeah, the 18 year anniversary feels very strange. Because it's what like what do you want to do this weekend? I mean, it's, you know, what's really funny too is like with the job situation of it all, yeah. it's like this definitive end the day before. Isn't that interesting? So it doesn't, it does feel like a new beginning, a new chapter, a new start for like the life that I meant was meant to have. And yes. I, I talk a lot about how like I don't have the life that I wanted. And so it like the project is now to create it and having this. How to def- be a rich bitch is to live How the to life be you a want. rich bitch. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's why we're here. And creating it. And so like with this definitive end on this anniversary, it's kind of like a restart. Yes. It feels like June 1st, 2005. Like, even though I'm not 180 pounds and 18 years old. Thank God. I think, well. Come on. I mean, I wouldn't want to be 18 years ago. No. Well, I'm not e- actually not even 180 pounds because that on me looks horrifying. Yeah, no. So neither. Like, even in cancer, the skinniest I got was 215. Mm-hmm. And I was 180 oh, when I moved no, here. No, no. Like, yeah, she, be, was, she was down. a dead person. Yeah, don't, don't be um, heady. No, no, no. But um, it... it Definitely feels like a restart. It's it's very strange. I think that's really cool, though, because, like, I always think, I mean, I've restarted my life, you know, a number of times. Um, and, one, you know, my grandma Donna, she's been reinventing herself since literally she began. And I always feel like, for the most part, when we reinvent ourselves and we lead with, like, love and not fear and we're going after things that we, we love. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Leading with love and not fear, you're starting over. You're leaving. You're leaving something that wasn't <clears throat> serving you. Um, and, and now (laughs) you're going to be doing things that, you know, you're passionate about. And like, just like you were saying, as soon as you got out of certain orbits, you felt like there was a lot of things coming to you. I felt the same way when I restarted, you know, after I, I've, you know, I've been married before when I got divorced, I felt like, um, all of a sudden my world was opening up and all these things were happening immediately. Like Dr. Seed's going to Amazon. I, it was all in the works, but it wasn't happening. Then all of a sudden my life was like opened up and I, and I had this like energy out of my, my field and things I didn't have to worry about anymore and things that weren't like pulling me down or, you know, muddling the waters, you know, because again, what we say on this podcast all the time, how to be a rich bitch is to surround yourself with people and things and, and that make your life better while you do the same and you have to lift yourself up with it as well. And it sounds like this is such a great opportunity to level up and you are leveling up. Yeah. Well, and again, like I was telling you earlier, like, the second that mm-hmm. like I started to wrap things up with work, I yeah. was getting emails for job interviews and refer and referrals for other jobs and like all this other stuff just came flying at me. If you build it, they I will, will come. come. Yeah, well, you know, all over your all place. Over, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, same thing with the the um, voiceover booth I built in yeah. this apartment. I built it. I I was putting it off forever. I don't know why. I was just too busy. I mean, let's be real. And I was like, now I have time. Ugh, it's gonna be. I mean. I'm going to put it together, but let's see what happens. Put it together. The next day I got a 
I booked a voiceover. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, that kind of shit. It's calling for it. Yeah. And so you're just going to keep doing I'm calling for it, bitch. It's calling for it. Call for her. Cacall. And on that note, I have four things I'm trying to pitch. And it's looks, it's, if I'm going to go out in September to LA and the writer's strike is still happening, solidarity, I'm not going to be Oop. pitching it then. So, nope. but let's, let's, yeah, maybe let's just get be our, like a great trip to LA. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> but like, I think it's, I think the important thing is, is like you're surrounding yourself with creative, creative stuff. And I'm always here for you. No, and I know. And that was what I was going to say. Like you and my friend Catherine and Sally Kate have been infinitely helpful in this, like kind of. Even even just with the not even on the creative side, like yes, also that, but like the grounding of it and reminding yeah. me of who I am and what I have and what I'm doing. Because like without that, I'd still be like milling away trying to like make this shit work and it's not going else. to. Like and and that's the other thing too, like making someone else rich. Like why? Like I don't no. want to do that. I want to make me rich. Yeah. Like so hello, that's why I'm here. Pe- uh, then you can help. Right, then I can help rich. other people. Right. And like, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Like it's never been it's never, I've never been a cog in a wheel as much as I've tried. You know, I tried to fit myself into corporate. I tried to fit myself. And like, that's why I'm so aggressively pursuing the creative corporate end of it. Yeah. Because if I can have both, which right. I can, 100%. then then perfect. Because I love the regularity and structure of corporate, but I also need and have to have a creative outlet. 100%. And if that is for my benefit, for the benefit of others, for the benefit of the people I'm working for, like great wonderful Mm -hmm. then we're all happy Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's it's just so wild how and i was talking to like the recruiter at warner brothers Mm -hmm. about this today because that was another component of today that was wild like having a job interview with warner brothers who knew Mm -hmm. um but it was truly it was like this idea that as artists we think that our survival job has to be the opposite of what we're doing not at all and that's the brain space i was in because my background has been admin and finance And so like getting out of that and being a full-time actor, anytime I wasn't being an actor, I thought I have to have a desk job because I I refused to wait tables for the longest time. Like when I first moved here in nine, 10 years, I don't even think I've But when I moved here, I did not want to be a waiter because I wanted to be special. (laughs) I wanted to be something else because I was an 18 year old brat. And I was like, I'm not going to wait tables. I'm not going to be a bartender. I'm going to be different. And I'm going to get a, job bartending was really lucrative i know and if i would have done it er- earlier but then i did it for two and a half years and that was like, right well and and i think about that too if i would have done it earlier would i have made more money sure but then would i also be one of these would people of that's trapped and cannot and won't leave i saw some i mean that's what got me out of it truly <clears> was looking around and being like okay so some of these people have been doing this for like 15 years and i feel like all the dreams that they had are just like yeah, muddled now. Or, I've talked about this before memory. too. Like it's you can it's palpable. You can see it on their face. All of their dreams that never happened are all over their face. It reminds me of Piano Man. Do you know that song by? Um, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Billy Joel. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he's like you know. I swear that I could be a movie. As a smile ran away from his face, I swear that I could be a movie star if I could get, get out, out of this place. place. But then that it's like then me. just get out of the place. Yeah, but that haunts just leave. Me because people create again. Well, we all do it. People create like of course they do. traps for themselves, no matter how successful. Hello, the right. last year for, of my life. I know. And my point is, is that we have to remember that life is not a linear thing. It's messy. And sometimes we look back and we're like, oh, shit, that was me trapping myself in like another yeah. situation. Well, and, and to the Piano Man point, too, it's like... I'm sure I could be a movie star if I could get out of this place. Well, then ask yourself, what is the thing that's stopping you? Yeah, from... why are you in that place? So it's like, if I could X, then I could X. Well, then figure out what that is and go fucking do it. Yeah, like I think anyone listening to this can literally do 
anything they're saying. Yeah. I truly believe that because regardless if you make money off of it immediately, if you don't, you can still do it, still create, put it out there. Yeah. Anything, literally anything you want to do. Well, you know, and for the, for the most part, like illegal. creating media, like you're not going to make a whole lot of money unless like circumstances be what they are. And, and to me, it's like in the, it, to me, all of that is a long game. Right. right. Like you create these little pieces that eventually, you know, you don't open a puzzle and it's complete. Like you have no. these tiny little pieces that you need to put together to make right. the bigger picture. And so every piece of media that you create is a tiny little piece of that puzzle. And right. maybe some pieces are bigger than others. Yes. And that's great and <clears throat> wonderful. But it's still all part of a bigger picture. No, I think I agree entirely. And I think, um, you know, for example, the pitch deck thing. Is that my favorite thing I do of all time? Not really, but I'm very good at it. And the only reason that kept going is because, like, I just kept doing them and people heard about it. And I've, I've only been doing them since um, – I mean, I did that for myself, but publicly been doing them since 2020. And, what, it's only a couple – three years later, and I've done talks on it now on a national le- – global level, and I'm making them for huge things. And all that is just because I put it out there. It has nothing to do yeah. with anything but that. And so what I'm saying is, like, even even if it's not the main thing, doing something creative that's cool – can turn into something so un- uncharacteristically lucrative. It's like, what are you good at? Use that. Like yeah. we were talking about the other day and, and we don't have to say everything, but my point is like, you're we talking about after and we'll go, now we'll go into the Inwood festival. If you, if you'd like, mm-hmm. um, you know, being, being around creatives and being in like an environment like that. And then walking away, we took a walk from the festival back home cause we're both Inwood boo-boos. And, you know, it was like, walking back and talking about how you were like thinking about your book and what to do with it. And we just by walking and talking, realized that you're so good at making music videos. You're so good at things. Duh. Why is that not what you're in court? You know what I mean? Well, and it's, it's always the thing that is making you special is the thing that's right in front of your fucking face. Like that book has been in front of my face literally for years. Yeah. It's your story. And it took, it took the circumstances, the work circumstances that I w- just left to realize that, you know, right. and, and I will forever be grateful to that container for showing me that and giving me access to the people that made that book possible. Truly. Um, but the, and then like giving me kind of like the mental permission with that to really run with it and to really like go gangbusters on the podcasting circuit and to really go, you know, ask for the things like the drama bookshop. I asked for that. I wanted it and I got it. It's incredible. You know, and like there's, there's so many things that I want and I have been so afraid to ask for but them. But you're taking them now. But That's I'm the taking difference. them now. And exactly. I noticed that because like there's things like, <clears throat> like we were, for instance, I produced this diner pilot and they were in Times Square and you immediately were like, how do I get in Times Square? And now you're going to be in Times Square. Now I'm going to be in Times Square. Did it. Three weeks. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you maybe a while back would be like, interesting, I wish I could do that. And then that would be the end of the conversation. Yeah. But you just did it. Right, because I've gotten in the habit of being like, okay, how can I? Yep, and then I want it. that, how can I? And you asked me for information. I was like, here's all the other thing I know. I don't know. Here's all the information yep. I know. And here we are. But that's my point. Is yeah. you're, that's the difference, right? That's the difference in like anything is like you 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 won't get it unless you try. And you also like don't need permission from anyone but yourself. Exactly. And until you realize that, you're going to be blocking yourself. Well, and a lot of that comes from like, you know, being an actor and, and yes. solely, solely being an actor. And until I started creating, yeah. th- creating things for myself yeah. or creating things because I wanted to, 
it all all your job as an actor is is to wait around and wait for permission. And so that's what they tell you. That's what they tell you. That's not what your job is. I agree. But it feels that way. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. you kind of buy into that that narrative that like, oh, I'm just waiting for someone to give me my big break. I've never been waiting. No, build your own fucking break. Build your own shit. Like I, I can't do it. Like I think I waited when I'm in my early 20s and I was waiting and I was like, wait. Who who is any different? What is the difference? Why do I need to be waiting around? Like, there's no reason to not create my own stuff. There's no reason to like also the while I'm waiting, quote unquote, taking all, as many classes as I can, or creating stuff with friends, or writing anything, or, anything, uh, filming anything, drawing anything, uh, taking myself on an artist date, like, you know, just things like oh my god, self dates, self dates, uh, the best, the fucking best. I love a self date, self date and self vacations. I just met someone who was taking themselves to the Amalfi Coast for no reason because they felt like them. it, and I was like, oh god, I bless. Think that's a gorgeous thing. I, I too. left your uh, place the other day, and I walked through the park. I took like a three times longer than I normally do to get through it because I was by myself, and I was just like enjoying it. Yeah, because it was just like because you can because I can. And I should. And that's also and it was part like of a day changer. Well, and that's also part of like this whole transitional period for myself too. Is like I I know what it's like to work in a free capacity where I can just like stop what I'm doing, get up, and go for a walk. Yeah. Um, to a degree. But like, what I really would love is to like, yes, make a ton of money. But how can I work for myself full time yeah. so that I'm not like adhering and so like I see people like you and my friend Catherine who work for the most part solely for themselves unless they don't want to and they opt in to take an opportunity otherwise like fuck that's what I want to do and even then I typically is in a leadership position so I don't feel stifled right right and that's the thing too is like setting your parameters like even even me saying this there's been times where I've been booked onto something and it wasn't the thing I thought and then I've had to talk to someone and be like, look, this is not like, I'm out of here. This is not actually. Yeah. You know. Well, and that literally that happened to me today. One of the job interviews I got was for a lower level position. Mm-hmm. And, but they mentioned that there was a higher level position available. And I was like, yes, I would do this in the short term, but I have a strong preference for the managerial position. Yeah. And they got back to me and that's what I have a job that's interview great. for. And that's what you should say. And that's what everyone should say. I agree. You do the right thing. I'm like, cause the thing is also, you know, 18 years in New York, 36 years old. I'm not entry level anymore, bitch. No, no one's entry. We're not doing, yeah. we're not, <laughs> no entry. <laughs> She's a top. <laughs> no, seriously though. Like, yeah, truly top. Because like, yeah. honestly it gets to the point where it's like, I think too, it's like, I hate to say this all the time because it's like, I don't like to use this as a card, but being a woman, it's like, there's just like this whole set of parameters or being someone who's queer or being someone who's not like a straight white dude. There's a lot of like things that like, they just assume we're cool with or we're going to just like do. And like, I've never been that bitch. And, and that's gotten me, I'm sure, opportunities, and it's gotten me not to work with other people. And guess what? I'm so glad I don't work with those people. Right. Well, bec- and I that is that is also, oh, my God, this is also such a thing. Like, there was a period of time up into a point where I would just be down for whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. that led to a lot of being taken advantage of, yes. having things taken away from me, like, being used, being lied to, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, like, with the exception of my most recent work situation, <laughs> um in the last couple of years, I've gotten very good at drawing lines and saying, I will not do that. I will yeah. do that. But this is, these are the circumstances under which it needs to happen. And, Correct. you know, especially now, like that's, that's the name of the game is it just, is just saying what you want and asking for it. And 
you know, like it, it also, I encourage people to do this all the time because the more that you don't do that, the more it perpetuates itself. And then you get taken advantage of more and more and more. And then that gives permission to the people who are doing it to the next group of people. So like putting your foot down and saying, absolutely not is the best thing you can do for everybody. Right. No, that's, and to be clear, like, yes, women and, you know, queer people and people of color and stuff have a special set of things that are already against us. But this happens to everyone. This happens to every single person yeah. on the planet. Well, and I don't think that this is like demographic specific. No. This is just like no, in but I'm, general. I'm saying like we all have that on top of all that other yes. thing. And it's like there is that there is it's just like taking anything. It's like take anything that you've got. Some someone will feel some sort of way about whatever you are. And that's part of it too. But everybody's out to take advantage. And that's the thing you just cannot allow. You just can't allow it. Um, it's and not fair. get a good lawyer. And get a good lawyer, <laughs> pro bono. Um, yeah, your lawyer's great. Love yeah, him. I I had um, yeah, my partner called your lawyer once about something, but everything's cool, so I'm not gonna get into it. But yeah, it's it's all good. Uh, but I just referred him to someone else today. Great, good. I love he's, him. He's a good. He seems like a smart cookie. I he's, like him. He's the best. Yeah. I mean, look, he and I joke around a lot. About how I should have been a lawyer, oh, really? <laughs> and I we were talking about like the whole Kim Kardashian of it all, how she was able to like sit within a law firm for a certain yeah. period of time and get credit for it. And unfortunately, New York doesn't allow that. But if it had, that yeah. was something that I was considering over the pandemic. And he and I talked about it. Shout out to my best friend Maddie who just called me today. She's in Baltimore studying law, Baltimore law. Um, she went back in her thirties to get her yeah to, to become a lawyer, and she's absolutely crushing it. A's. I love everything. that. The whole time she's like, I'm not going to get it. I'm just you know, it's not going to. I'm going to be struggling that I'm like, you are absolutely crushing it. And she just got selected to be on a case that's huge about global warming. It's a massive case. Um, and I'm really proud of her. And Great. it's like, it's literally legally blonde. She's on that big case. She's got picked oh my God, I love to it. be on the big case. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the ammonium thiglycolide. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, bitch. yeah, it's, um, it's definitely, it was definitely like a, a good laugh that I had about <laughs> she, it. Her cat cleans really, she's like, <laughs> Chloe's green. Yeah, she's like, um, but yeah, I mean, like I would probably have been a great lawyer, and because he's contract and employment specific, like I'm very passionate about you that. Been a great lawyer, but would you have been fulfilled? No, no. So no. That's why you're not a lawyer. But you would have been a great one. That's okay. Yeah, and there's still time. I'm only 36. You could literally be a lawyer slash everything. Everything. Could you imagine marketing PR law, oh. <laughs> branding please, social that, media please, consultant? Please. I need you. Well, Maddie's gonna be one of my reps too. My best friend is also gonna be around. She's like, yeah. gonna, she's gonna have like that freaking duggery very soon. Um, but okay, so the Inwood Film Festival. So we right. um, <laughs> backtracking, backtracking now. Backtracking, yeah. We're almost at fifty minutes, so we're gonna close it up with this one. This Love pretty, it. Let's pretty do amazing. It. It's love. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back. It's so show. good to see your Literally, face. Literally, we've hung out so much, but we haven't done this. But so. we haven't done this. It's yeah, fine. so we're glad to do this. Yes. Um, we got our ducks in a row. Uh, so Quack. we went to the Inwood Film Festival. I had two tickets to the opening night gala. Um, I really, I just really think it's good to support, like especially your like local anything, but anything. especially the local arts scene. And Inwood, you know, Inwood, Washington Heights, Uptown, Manhattan has always been my, like, neighborhood now for over a decade, like, I think 12 years now. And, uh, yeah, this festival's really, really popped off. And Aaron's been kind of the head of it since the beginning. And I've been on his podcast. Um, Inwood Artworks is, like, the whole... the. Over- it was so fun. Yeah, but, I mean, he he's done so much meaning. Like, he's given... My, my boyfriend's a director and producer and writer, but mainly director-producer. Uh, and he got a grant money to make a short film, and he's filming uh, next month. Um, Amazing. And from Aaron's, from Aaron's Inwood Artworks. And I've been on there talking about 
my experience on the for the podcast, and then also uh, at the film festival, I did a talk about SAG after contracts and lower budget contracts, and they're not scary. And and everything that's coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Uh, but really, the under the lower budget contracts are not super affected by a lot of this. It's just. Um, but it's really cool to talk to like creatives who are who have been tentative to make something union when they realize it actually doesn't cost them anything, but they get union talent. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, they're just just kind of helping them, helping demystify the process. Because just like you, when I was making Doctor Seeds, and everyone was like, "You're gonna make it sag? That's so scary." I'm like, "It's really not. I'm just gonna ask every question. I'm just gonna ask all the questions, and I won't fuck it up because I'll keep asking questions and say, "Am I gonna fuck this up? Hey." Rep, am I fucking this up? You know, so shout out to Kamal Talbot. I love him. That was my rep from, for Doctor Seeds for my original uh, web series. I've had many reps since, but for any project that I've made under the contracts. But um, I've really found, and as I said this in my talk, I've really found that the more questions I asked before the thing, the better it went. And there was no fuck ups. Everything went fine. It's really not that hard, especially with the micro budget agreement, which I did for you. I think in ten minutes. It's literally an online form. Yeah. Uh, the micro budget is anything 20 grand or less. And that's not for the whole project. So if you, let's just say you're doing a web series and each episode is 20 grand, you're good. But if it's like a film, it has to be less than 20 grand. It's micro. Then you're going up from there to like spa, the sort of project agreement to like the new media agreements and stuff like that. But they're all really like, even if they're confusing, if you just go on SAG After's website and you become a SAG signatory producer, meaning you just have a project, that's it. You don't have to be a SAG member. So I have to remember, you just have to have a project, send in the script, say what it's about, like what you're trying to do with it, and they'll match you with the right contract that you're supposed to do. That's literally part of the job. It's not like you have to know exactly which one. And people think that. They're like, oh, you just have to know? I'm like, no, you, that's why they have staff. That's literally why they're there. That's why they're there. Yeah. And then uh, you get your contract, and then you, you have someone holding your hand throughout the whole process. Now, I know there's been some, of course, bad experiences, I'm sure, with like staff being um, you know, decimated during COVID. Um, that didn't help, but I've only had really great experiences because I've taken the time not to wait around and be like, am I doing this right? Is calling them, calling them on the phone and speaking to them, emailing them. And if I don't get an email back in a day or two, I call and then we get an information and everyone's okay. I think that also ties into how a lot of people in the arts are afraid to ask questions or afraid to like appear like they don't know what they're doing. Right, right. It's like this performative like professionalism where it's like, how dare you ask a question? Like, shouldn't you know this already? It's like, who especially knew people, right? Well, but especially people, I think, who have like those big fancy degrees from like the big fancy schools, and and uh, certainly I have this issue too, and I didn't even go to school, so it's not specific to that. But it's human nature, right? It's just like this this uh, this fear of like looking dumb or looking like you don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know what I'm read doing. That's why fill. I asked. Read me to Phil. Go me ahead. That's okay. Filled. For Doctor C's original before the Amazon one, you guys. I did. I had the web series version. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing and honestly I asked every question I had a yeah. list I was literally like doing my makeup getting ready to go out but I'd pause and be like listen come on, let's talk okay I have nine questions I'm writing down your answers like so I have to do I, you want my preliminary just a cast list okay you also want to know what my budget might be like a rough budget great great you also want now what else am I missing what what I want to make sure you have everything you know and it's an email I can see it but I wanted to make sure and like it's really easy to do it right when you just ask questions yeah. I asked all the questions. You have to ask questions. I'm on the board. I asked all the questions. Guys. Because then the other thing is, too, when you don't ask the questions, you get into a jam and then you That's get That's what fucked. I'm saying. Like, That's why I haven't gotten in those positions where, like, well, one time I was doing something and then I did the SAG contract, but I, I didn't know about this one thing and I fucked everything up and then this and that and people were upset. I'm like, right, right. but and did you to, ask about the... We had to halt the... production because whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and it's like, first off, no one's going to halt a production unless there's severe problems, meaning, right. like, unsafe environment, uh, massive 
like problems. It's, it's very rare that you're going to get that email. That's like, don't work on this thing. It's not going to be yours guys, unless you literally are like using real guns and crazy stunts and explosives. And also you're not paying, um, your actors at all. And it's been like, wait, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's really big things. You can really fuck it up, but you know, the great way not to fuck it up is just ask all the questions. Nobody's perfect. No, that's the thing. And like, I think sag after slogan, and I said this too, is like, um, easy to work with, harder to fight, like work with us, um, us meaning like I'm not on staff. I'm an actor, just like anyone listening to this that wants to become an actor, like for sag after or isn't a member of the guild. But when I say work with us, I mean, just like it's, it's just easier to work with them if you ask all the right questions but if you want to fight them on some shit, yeah, that's a problem. Like that's with, gonna be a like lot with harder. the strike and everything coming our way and things possibly looming. Um, but that's the that's the power of a union. It needs to be hard to fight. But God, it has to be easy to work with too. And and it can't be easier if you don't ask yeah. questions. I can think of a union that is not easy to work with or fight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Anyway, so we were going to talk about the whale. Okay, so, so anyway, so I was yeah. So we were, so I had two tickets to the gala. Um, my boyfriend couldn't go, and I was like, I know who I want to bring. I mean, it's hands me. Down. Hi. Hi, he's the person. It's him. <laughs> and I was like, I would love to go. And one, the opening night gala included some food, some bev, a little step and repeat. I did some interview for Bronx Ned. I don't know if it made it out. We'll find out. Um, but then it was a screening of the whale. And um, I had not seen it. I'd purposely held off because I knew I had tickets to this thing like months ago. I never saw it. Yeah, um, it was it was very intense. It was it was definitely moving, and it was really cool to have the playwright there. Yes, meeting yeah. him was really interesting, and hearing him talk about it was really interesting. Yeah, he's from our neighborhood. Yeah, and his story and how Darren Aronofsky even got to it. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, of course, like after we saw that, I like looked up some of the discourse online about it because there was Ooh, a lot I'd of conversation about it. Yeah. And to a degree, I agree with some of it. Sure. Because like the whole the whole idea was like the how the movie is so fat phobic and how mm. how could a normal sized man write and direct and tell that story? Mm. You know, like Brendan Fraser not that big of a person. Yeah. You know, like Sam, not that big of a person. Darren Aronofsky, not that big of a person. So like them telling this story about like someone who's morbidly obese with a lot of health problems, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there was like this, this kind of like puritanical in a way need for someone who is that size to not only write Mm -hmm. the story, but then play the part. And I just think that that's a hindrance at all times when you're asking for that much alignment, not that it shouldn't happen. And yes, those, and yes, people who are obese get less chances to do things. And that was one of the points that they made at the talk back. He he was saying how like people of that size write to him all the time and say, thank you for writing this because I'm a bigger person. And now I get to play a lead role. That's like meaty and juicy and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just think that it's, it's, it's such a hard conversation to have because I don't want, I don't want someone to feel marginalized by saying, I think that they're wrong by asking for the director, writer, actor to be morbidly obese in writing this particular role. Right. Because then you run into like real actual health problems on set. Truly. And then that becomes a liability. And just from a business standpoint, that's like not great. And that's not to say that everyone. everyone. I mean, I don't know. I I, I have a lot of thoughts on this and I, I don't, I think whenever possible, we want to be as authentic to the voices that we're trying to 
to show and experiences we're trying to display. But there's like, it's becoming a little bit more virtue signally that this has to be exactly like this person has to be that person in real life. Well, then why are we acting? What is acting? I mean, I understand that I, I don't want to play. Obviously I'm not going to play a person of color. That's insane. Right. Obviously that's wrong and stupid. And right. All and all that shit. And I understand I understand it, you know, Me too. I understand that and I, and thoughts. I support, I support giving opportunities to people who don't have the opportunities 100%. or who have less opportunities to do it. Right. I also think that sometimes we need to recognize the position of privilege that some people have to be able to create that avenue for others. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, Darren Aronofsky and Sam Hunter mm-hmm. and Brendan Fraser are like cisgendered like normal sized white guys Mm -hmm. who have the most privilege in the entertainment world. Mm -hmm. And so therefore writing a role like that Mm -hmm. and producing a movie like that and playing, playing a part like that and winning only opens doors for other people who are living that story to tell because they've now proven it works. Right. And they've now proven that that's something that people want to see. Right. Now the narrative of the character of Charlie was another point of contention with people because oh, yeah. because they were saying how this is so fat phobic. But like if you're going by medical jurisdiction only, then like that's kind of a reality. It's not going to be the same for everyone. No. Um it, like and, and I think the story isn't that he was a large person, that he was obese. The story is that his heart was broken and this is what happened. And this, and this was what killed it, this, this is, is what is did him this is what he did to himself. Yes. Shit. And which it's we about, do in all different ways. We've exactly. seen many movies where people so like let's just say there's a movie like there's a many many movies where like someone's like on a bender, like drug bender, like well, ruins your life that with was, meth. And Should that I was, actually be on meth to, no, to play a meth head? We're like, not method. We're not method for the yeah, math. Are we um, <laughs> math but, dad, but dad. that was, <laughs> but that was the point that I was making to Sam when we talked to him yeah. about the scene where he's in the wheelchair, like taking the pizza and putting ham on it and ranch yeah. dressing and cheese and like just stuffing his face to the point Forging. where he throws yeah, up. It was, it was horrific. Like I've never done specifically that, mm-hmm. but I have felt that way yes, and yes. I have done similar things to that that were very like raging self-sabotage and it was so well done yes. that even though I am not a six, 700 pound man, sure. I can still look at that and be like, I know exactly how you feel right now. Yeah. And cause it's <clears> coming from a real place. It's the coming, message from, a is coming place. from a real place. Yes. And so like, does this get a little in the weeds and sticky when we're talking about like cultural and racial and, and gender identity sure. kind of narratives. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Because there are specific things that those people experience of course. that a like cisgendered white man could never really write, at least from a place of authenticity. Truly. Um, and if they were to do so in telling the story of someone they knew who might not be interested in being attached or is no longer around, then I would like to think that that person would hire a dramaturg who has that life experience to yeah. talk them through the specificities of how to make the role no, more authentic should. to what's going on. And cast someone who who can play that, who is that, right. you know. But but again, it's like, oh, it's just some of it's getting really in the weeds. Yeah. And don't cancel us. <laughs> We're not. You can't because I didn't really say anything. That's yeah. the fu- that's the fucked up part. So I really am not going to say. It. Other than I, all I can say is I, I agree with most of it, but sometimes we're getting a little bit in the weeds about shit. Yeah, I really do think so. I, I think because 
we have to make changes, and I we had to. The pendulum had to shift because we were we so were necessary. Some fuckery, some fuckery, some racist shit, some fucking the way we treated, treated Native Americans on film, uh, just everything. I mean, just it's abysmal for, for for years. Yeah, since the and advent what, of cinema. What was it like? The Scarlett Johansson being cast as like an Asian oh, woman I mean, thing. I, like, I know I can't. It's some fuckery, you it's know. Some like, fuckery. and that we're that, still doing that, and that's why it's still. That's why people are still having these discussions because there right. is still a problem. And these and these discussions should continue to I happen. Agree. Always. Um, I also think that with the pendulum swinging situation, mm-hmm. I think that it needs to swing farther even from where we are now yeah. because the course correction on that when it swings back needs to not be anywhere Ooh. near where we were yeah, before. We, yeah, we not, no. And again, like the more opportunities we give to more diverse groups of people, whatever that means, yeah. whomever that may be, yeah. is only going to strengthen the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From stem to stern, like get get some other people who are not as largely represented in producing roles, in directing roles, Facts. in writing roles. I mean, I, we know that that's already happening, but it's like the producer thing. I think is the one that is lacking. Um, yeah, and director and director. I mean, if you lacking. look at the director stats, I think in the DGA, I don't know percentage are women, but it's really low. And I think four percent of their membership that is actually working are women. Yeah. So it's I mean, abysmal. it still needs it's to, bad. it still needs course correction. And I think yeah. by, I think by having these very charged conversations yeah. about why it should not happen yeah. in the way that it is happening mm-hmm. is only holding back that change. It's only holding those percentages down mm-hmm. because you're scaring producers who don't want to be, who don't want to oh, take, take yeah. risks anyway. Yeah. Cause they're scared if they do anything wrong. They're going to be completely right, and so I mean, I of course, as a cis cis white guy, yeah. like gay or otherwise, um, you know, of course, it's easy for me to say that, but yeah, you know, like I can see where, from a business standpoint, if there was that much discourse about the whale, mm-hmm. how and why producers would be hesitant to invest and put money towards a similar project because yeah. they don't want to be dragged and raked across the coals, yeah. So, but yet Jared Leto's fine. So weird. So weird. So weird. <laughs> so many red flags. Um, but okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I essentially in the what I'm trying to say is that let's just let everyone do what they want. Yeah. Like let's let's everyone has a chance. Everyone do the things. Yeah. And if you have a problem with the way that something is made, then go make something of your own where you don't have a problem yeah. with it. And I'm not saying that from a place of being like, well, if you hate it, go make something. Like I'm saying it because like, please do it do because it. we yeah. need you to. We need you. Also like, um, you know, instead of drowning the people who gave it a shot and maybe tried it, especially like when they did it with nuance or really tried with, from a genuine place. Like for instance, I, I don't think the whale is a, is a problematic movie in my opinion. Um, and I, but I think no matter who, who's seen it or watched it, you know, it's coming from a genuine place when you watch it. There are movies that aren't, yeah. that are very problematic. And I think those are the ones where you can say a little bit more vitriol, I'm sure. But that's this isn't it. This is the one where you no. go, okay, cool. This has been done now. Now that they've actually allowed, you know, the main character to be someone who isn't the statuesque, da da da, you know, picture of health. And it's about it's about weight. It's about, but it's about the weight of loss. It's about the weight on your body. It's about the weight of guilt. It's about the weight. It's all about. It's an analogy as well. It's a. It's a. It's a beautiful. It's a metaphor. beautiful metaphor for sure. That's like literally the point. So I think like there's just so much more to this than to just say like, oh, they didn't pick a fatter guy. Yeah. They also picked the guy that did the best job. God damn it! He God was damn good. it! He carried that fucking movie. Oh my in god! Many scenes. <laughs> Most of them, <laughs> literally all of them. Because, <laughs> like, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, about the whale, to finish up, we're not an hour and six. We're pretty good, honestly. I love us. Um, <laughs> is that he not only crushed the movie, but I was, I was so sad that no one in his life was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm calling 911. Yeah. Because I would have done that. That's what I would have done. Same. If that happened to you or you happened to me or something's going on and I'm definitely well, saying, no, don't, no, I need, like, don't, no. Well, this is like a callback to what we were talking about earlier with plastic surgery stuff. Yeah. Like, having, that's what I was trying to come, that's right, exactly, yes. that's what I was trying <laughs> right, to right. do. Having, having people in your life that are like, no, no, this is like, I'm worried about you and I'm going like, to do something I about it. I can tell you like, quote unquote, stop you, quote unquote, but like, don't. Because right. this is why, and I care about you, and please don't do this. Right, like like his friend, the nurse, as she was, she also gave a fantastic oh, she was performance. Phenomenal. But yeah. at at some point, way before it got to the point oh, that she it was knew at, he was having heart failure, and she still. Sorry, guys, spoilers well, for the whale. Yeah, spoiler. Spoiler. But like, but regardless of that, I'm talking years prior. Yes. As he was getting to this point, as he was starting to get to that, like this get isn't him help. good. Get him some help because you love him. Talk to him about it. Maybe don't sweep it under the rug, and maybe to a degree that is, to be fair, under the like the fat phobia conversation because yeah. you don't ever want to go up to your friend and be like, "Hey, Truly. you know, like I think like I've my weight goes up and down like crazy, and no one has ever once been like, "Hey, um." worried about you you look like a fat ass uh are you okay are you good i feel like i've never asked you that because you've never fluctuated super hard with me or i just not noticeable but drinking yes i've talked to you yes <laughs> <laughs> we can take this out if you want right, right, but, right. No, no. But, but but you I know what like, i mean like, I like, like having someone in your life that's like hey that's i'm true. worried about you you need that you need that though because if you don't have that or right. like even sarah you need to slow down you've told me that before you know or like people in my life being like oh my god like like are you okay are you just randomly, checking in. Are you all right? Are you good? Because like you <laughs> randomly got strep. Why the fuck? And you're not eight. Why did right. you get it? Because you were going insane and going 10 miles an hour and not stopping. Yeah. And um, I think that that's, I think it's good to have those people in your life. You need people to tell you the real shit. Yeah. And like more specifically to the whale too, I think that also illustrates the sadness, loneliness yeah. and, and the weight, literal and figurative weight that he carries is that he doesn't see people outside of the two people that like, well, I guess the one, the nurse yeah. until we meet him and the other people start to yeah. come in, but like, he doesn't see anyone. He doesn't even see the delivery so guy. Sad. He won't see the delivery guy. And so it's, it's also this, it, like the metaphor of weight in this is so impeccably done. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe people who have an issue with it don't understand the metaphor or they don't. Yeah identify with the metaphor. Well, they're looking at enough. surface value. They're looking at, the, yeah. here's, what's ups, here's what's upsetting me about right now and things that happen sometimes. People see something and they go, I'm looking for an issue. There it is. This is it. And like, did you watch the film? No. No. Cool. Right. Love that. I had a recent conversation about that because I brought this up and I was like, oh, you know, I went to, I went with Sarah to go to the Inwood Film Festival and yeah. we saw The Whale and the person I was talking to was like, oh, I'm never going to watch that. It's fat phobic. And I was like, <sighs> I mean, it's it's kind of not. It, it, yeah, there's more to it than that. The only movie I've ever seen with someone of that size, and it's not making fun of them. It's it's, right. it's, it's, it's sad, but it's talking about them like they're human beings. They're being right. treated as people. They're right, because the main if, you, if you look at other if you look at other performances within the history of film and television, yeah. who are arguably that size, yeah. like you have Fat Albert, who is just a joke. Right. You know, yeah. you have the the big fat dude in Austin Powers, Nighty Professor and shit. 
Yeah, yeah. And like all of them are just the butt of the joke. They are. And this was like a not butt no, of the joke. This like, was sad and it a was a human study. story and the the metaphor abound. You know, and like who do we care oh, about most when we watch it? Him. him. So that's what I mean when I say when you watch a movie and the person you care about the most is the person you think that they're portraying badly or whatever, why is it that we all care about him the most? Because he was written like a human being. Right. And that is a testament to the writing and to the performance. And so can we like take a step back and be like, wait, maybe actually this is okay. Yeah. Or maybe it's really not your call and don't watch it then, I guess. But like, if you have a huge like opinion about it, maybe watch it or a scene or like any of it. But you know what I always say? Those who speak the loudest against something are just looking at themselves in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, there goes to, that's why I can't, I can't really speak on things that I, it's hard for me to say truly something is like damning something unless it's blatantly terrible. Yeah. Right. Because especially in the world of art, which is what we're talking about. Movies are art guys. If it's supposed to be the moral high ground, it's supposed to be the, the, the thing that tells you like what's right or what's wrong. Really art's meant to be ingested and to watch. So yeah. if you have an opinion about it, I suggest you watch it and then have an opinion. Well, and I'm happy for an opinion. What I'm, I'm not happy for that I think has gotten a little bit more rampant with social media being what it is, mm-hmm. is tearing it down. Judging immediately. It, Cause like there's it. a difference between an opinion and judgment. Truly. An opinion is founded within like, intelligent nuanced conversation hopefully yeah hopefully but like but if you're not saying if you're just saying like oh well i don't like it because it's fat phobic but you also haven't watched it then like your quote-unquote opinion Mm -hmm. is invalid right you have nothing to base i i I find that to be to me i feel like find that to be a red flag because it's like you assume a movie with a larger person is fat phobic immediately weird why do you think that it, what bias is that? I'm going to say that it's probably because there was a lot of discourse around it when it was coming up through the ranks. Right. But I feel like there's that's a lot of what happens is it gets muddled in the ethosphere. Yeah, it does. And um, it sucks because this movie was made so someone of that size could be featured or not that size, but a larger person. And it was made so that person was the lead and how, how that can be so um, isolating and um, there, he's a nuanced, beautiful human being. I love the scene where he talks about to the born again Christian boo boo kitty that he's like, we 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 made love, like we loved each other. He thought I was beautiful. Like there were moments there that were just heartbreaking, so heartbreakingly gorgeous. And um, yeah, I just feel like I don't know how you can watch that and be like, this is. <laughs> it's just like okay, sure, man. It just seems like we're always trying to find something bad instead of like making more good stuff. Yeah. That's why I don't I don't air opinions on anything on any social media platform. I won't do it. Yeah. Because it's it it really does go back to well, if I have an issue with the way that it's done, then I'll just go write something. Yeah, let's that do makes something me about feel it. Good. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that puts the onus on every every person that feels like they're not being represented or whatever. And, but, but, but also, but also like, but I'm look at it that. as an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Take it as an like, opportunity. Don't look at it as onus. Look at it as an opportunity to like, okay, I didn't like the way that this was represented here. Cool. I have a Can computer and a keyboard and I know words. And so let's go write something that is more aligned with how you feel. Mm-hmm. The way that representation happens is by like advocating for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And once we start doing that on mass, then the representation mm-hmm. starts to make itself mm-hmm. better known. Right. And if you can't, 
you know, just like you can't push the buttons either. Like John Waters and like these these pioneers of filmmaking who are just pushing buttons, being disgusting, pushing buttons <laughs> to shift the pendulum. Yeah. We need people to go on, on limbs and make stuff. We need yes. people to be real and raw and make stuff. Because if we keep telling people that are real and raw and make stuff like the whale to like shut up, this is fat phobic. Okay, let's go watch Fast and Furious 12 now. You know what I mean? Like what do you think is going to happen right. if we don't allow anything ever to be made ever? Right. That may not be perfect enough. And we're gonna have, you know, Jurassic Park forty five, like land like before literally, time. Literally, <laughs> literally, it's like it's like all we have left are like in theaters. It feels like, and and it, it's getting better because I think like certain other IPs are sneaking in, or you know, people miss the movies a little bit, so we're going to see shit like that. Horror has made a huge, yeah, um, comeback and in really creative ways, you know, and I, I admire that. It has that independent pioneering spirit, but they got the budget. Um, even sometimes they don't have the budget and yet it looks good, you know, yeah. like Blumhouse shit. They're, they're trying. So I think, um, yeah, I think, I think if we just keep putting down movies that are trying to say something actually and blanket statementing them, we are eliminating possibilities of growth. Instead, we're going to have, and I'm not dissing it, but we're, all we're going to have is Marvel movies and Fast and Furious 12. And that's fine. And I don't want that. But that, I don't want just that. No. Right. Because I like Marvel movies and I've seen a couple of Fast Furious and all right. I love Michelle Rodriguez. So my point is, is like, yeah, what are we, what are we doing here? So yeah, I, I just, <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um, I'm sure there's something in Dr. Seeds that's going to, if people watch it, I'm sure there's something about it. It's going to be in it that I wrote in 2016. I'm sure there's going to be something that um, someone doesn't like and that's okay. I'm fine with that. But, exactly. Because let, let people grow. Because the other thing of it is too, when you're writing something from a place of authentically wanting to tell a story about a person or a thing, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks yeah. about it. Like, of course we all want people to like it, sure. but it's coming from a place of like, I'm creating this for me. Yeah. Facts. And so it doesn't matter if you don't like it. And the creator, um, you know, the writer, he was saying at, at the Enwood film festival that, this could have been him. So we don't know his story. We don't know how big he yeah. might have gotten. We don't know if he this was his well, thing. And when he said that too, I mean, I talk a lot about what would have happened to me had I not left Pennsylvania. And right. there's part of me that saw that film and was like, whew, there it is. There it is. Exactly. No, I'm sure you had a lot of feelings about that. I had so, I had so many feelings. There's so many things. So many there. not good feelings about myself because of that movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean in the sense that like, you know, I think that that's me. But again, had I not left Pennsylvania... It could have been. It's a very stark um, looking glass yeah. into something that could have been. And again, it, I, I have the presence of mind to be able to say that. But I think a lot of the people who are upset about it maybe don't. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, I am the most present of mind human. I'm just saying, like, my identity to that movie is very much like... That's true. You're... You have... Honestly, you have more of a right to really talk about this than I do. Facts. I mean, we all have a right to talk about it, but you have more of a right to like speak on how this was portrayed and what it was. And I think you, I think you're right in that. Like anyone can have an opinion. Anyone can feel that way, but, and it can trigger things in you, which it did. And me too, man. There were parts where I was just like, damn dude. Yeah. So just I will never. That, just acting out when you're, when you're upset. Like I've always been really good at not doing that, but I've seen a lot of that in my life and I've had to cut myself away from someone like that. Oh. And I've had to, you know, I had, I remember very distinct and specific nights when I was at prohibition in the upper West side with Brooke, you know, and she would bartend. I'd get cocktails for free for hours. Yeah. And I just remember there'd be nights where I'd be having an upset day or an, an off week or some, some shit was going down and I would, she'd hand me a cocktail and I'd, I'd down it in like two, three sips and be like, great, let me have another one. 
And I have another very distinct memory of when I was 19 and living on the east side. I walked all the way across Central Park to go to this bar called Sweet, still there, 109 Amsterdam. And uh, I ordered uh, an absolute Mandarin martini. Mm. I think I had two of them. I fell asleep at the bar because I was, you know, 19 and had no food sure. to eat at all, but I had money for alcohol. You had Mandarin, yeah. um, but I had, you're right. <laughs> you, had your, you had your citrus, though. Right. And I kind of like woke up. And I ordered another one, and the bartender was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. Ordered another one, downed it in one drink, in one sip, whole martini, and left. And walked home. Because, like, that's I that's what I mean by when I say I have seen that, like, raging against yourself sabotage moment. Yeah. Because I have been doing it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so seeing it on the screen was like, oh, Ooh, shit. Brutal. And... Like, uh, truly, and I mean this very literally, like, I, I have a much better handle on that visual for myself now that I've seen that. And I can clock when I'm doing it. That's really cool. Because that's what art is for. Yeah. Like, and watching that just reinforced me. Okay, Sarah, you have been that annoying bitch for your friends. We've been like, please, guys, don't. Or like, look, you're, <laughs> you're kind of getting a little, maybe it's Ooh. time you stop. Yeah. Um, or, or even just like, what are you doing? You know, I had a discussion with a friend last year and, you know, we're in our our 30s and things aren't really as cute as they used to be. You know what I mean? You you can't be doing, you know, and it was a really awkward conversation. And later I thought it was going to end our friendship, but I really just cared enough to say something. And um, it didn't end my friendship. And it took like a couple of weeks, but that person came around and was like, thank you so much. Like, you're exactly right. You made me feel it just I needed someone to say something. And um this movie, he really needs somebody to say something and no one, no one said. Yeah. And I think that's such a weird commentary on friendship too. Cause like the only person who was there for him wasn't actually acting as a friend. No, he was judging. Yeah. It was coming more so from a place of judgment. And I kind of wish, and that was my only thing that I didn't really love. And I think it's only because like it makes me sad. So it's really not a commentary on the piece itself, but more on like humanity. Yeah. It was just such a bummer to me that no one that actually loved and care about him was helping him. They were just allowing him to die. Yeah. If they would have just called nine one one, especially finding out that he had money, I would have been like on the phone. Yeah. I would have been on the phone before I knew he had money, and I would have figured it out. I would have gone to go fund me or something for this guy, or paid for it or done something. Because like, it's either he's dead. Because what's the point? Money or b- being dead? You, you should be alive. Well, and she said that there was a line that said that. Yeah. Um. And then she didn't do it though. <clears throat> yeah, she said being in debt is better than being dead. Yep. But she didn't call 911. I know. I don't know. I love that we just did like a full commentary on the entirety of the metaphors and morality of the whale. Yeah. I think it's important though. No, I do That's how to be a rich bitch, everyone. Right. (laughs) No, but I think think what that is is like that's showing that every so often something that is very real and genuine peeks through and, and, and lifts itself above things and is able to break through the mainstream and become something. And I think that's, that only speaks to the realness of the piece. Yeah. And I mean, obviously nuance time and a place for when this conversation is more literal, but like, let's, I would love to see people be a little bit less. Um, I want to say like, and I don't want to say black and white, but I, I want to say like precious, I guess, or like yeah. demanding necessity out of damning. Like, it's yeah, like, like, like who is writing it, telling it, directed, doing it, being in it. 
certainly there's a, there are places where that is necessary and 100%. absolutely has to happen. But I just don't feel like the whale is one of them. No. And, um, yeah, I think that's the only way we can, um, we can get past certain things is if, if we grow together and get better. Because we're not going to if we just completely write everyone off immediately, especially people that are trying to do good. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people trying to do fuckery, and they just get away with it. Yep. So let's try to uplift each other and, yeah. and make people better and hold people accountable. But let's talk about it instead of damning someone. Yeah. Facts. And that's how to be a rich bitch, guys. Yep. Uh, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Uh, pay me. The back. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of our update. Um, next episode, we'll probably go into more of the situation uh, currently in our industry uh, vis-a-vis striking and such. Um, yeah, that's going to be really. It's going to be an episode. It's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And by the time we record it, we'll know what's up. Maybe. Um, SAG-AFTRA, no. Um, SAG-AFTRA, just for everybody to understand, there's currently a strike authorization being voted in at SAG-AFTRA. I urge everyone who is a Guild member to vote yes. Please vote yes. A strike authorization just means that when we enter negotiations in June, uh, we have the ability to strike at the end of our negotiations, which is the end of June. There's no way SAG-AFTRA can't can't strike until after we've negotiated because that's stupid. That's like me walking in the room like, do you give me what I want? Okay, sit down. Nope, you're striking. Like that's <laughs> that's not what we're doing. We're doing a strike authorization, meaning right. that at the end of our negotiation terms, they're not playing ball. They're not giving us literally what we're owed um, and a brilliant package that we've created. Um, not me, but the union. Um, then fuck them and then we will do a, a strike authorization. But until then, I'm hoping they listen to us. Um, but I'll be real. It's not looking good. And those are the people you should be damning right now. The people that are uh, that not are helping fucking artists make everybody. Anything. I know. They're fucking artists for history. For the if, if we if we right now in this industry allow um, some of the AI stuff to go through, we allow some of this stuff to not hey allow the technology. I'm all about technology, but let it integrate properly with the artists. Give them their just desserts for using their body, mind, mouth, everything, essence of them. Okay, cool. We have something to talk about, but yeah, that's not what's going to happening. It's going to be misused. It's going to be abusive. It already is. So, this will change the landscape of art as we speak. Um, yeah. Fine arts, performing arts, music, all everything. the arts, all the arts. Because AI, come go. We got work with her, or she gonna take us. Yeah. So let's go. And that will be continued in our next episode. episode of how to be how rich. to be a rich bitch. Give me the. You're so rich. Uh, pay me. Pay me.